Friday. It is Friday. Congratulations, everybody. You have survived yet another week of the Trump administration. And to boot, you also get a great Memorial Day weekend. So I think that's a win for all of us. 952-946-6205. It's Mike McEntee here on AM 950, and it is a funky freeform Friday where we're taking your phone calls to talk about just, you know, a lot of different things that are in the news. Uh, we've got, we have some interviews that may uh, jump up here as well, but I, I'm interested. We've had a lot of things going on this week. We've had everything from uh, North Korea. It's on, it's off, it's on, it may be off. Uh, we've had, uh, Donald Trump trying to convince us that there are spies and that there's a spy gate going on when no, it's an investigation. That's not the case. Uh, we have been seeing, uh, we've been seeing the generic ballot for Democrats here. It's being reported that Democrats may not, it may not be the blue wave that, uh, we think it, think it would be, uh, at least if you believe the polls, uh, we're seeing more and more that, that, and we've been reporting this all, all, all along here, that Donald Trump has been ticking up in the polls and that the whole idea of attacking Donald Trump and uh, you know talking about him in collusion may not be working for Democrats right now. I, I, I'm interested in your on-the-ground observations. Uh, you're at, when you go to work, when you talk politics with people, when you see your neighbors, when, when you talk about those things, is that what you're seeing? I mean, I know this is Minnesota. It's a little bit different than the rest of the country, but... Is the conversation here switching towards, oh, you know, maybe the Republicans are right. Maybe, you know, Donald Trump's a good thing for this country. Maybe we should just reelect everybody and uh, not not worry about major change. Or are you feeling it differently? You, you got a different idea on that. 952-946-6205 is the number here. We've also got news here in Minnesota we're going to talk about today. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Michelle Fishbach. That is her official title now. She says it's no longer acting Lieutenant Governor. I didn't know that that was the title. Apparently, she's been keeping that to herself. But she suddenly agreed today to resign her Senate seat and be sworn in as Lieutenant Governor, therefore just sidestepping this whole question about whether she's holding two offices at once. Not only is she dropping the Lieutenant Governor uh, name, excuse me, dropping the acting lieutenant governor tag, but she is also dropping the whole lawsuit, or at least apparently it's going to be dropped. That's what she said during a news conference today. The one that was challenging her being lieutenant governor and a state senator at the same time and president of the Senate. And the reason that was all so important is, well, Republicans hold a one-vote majority in the Minnesota Senate. Now, school's out. The legislature has been dismissed for the year. At least we think so. And so if that's the case, you know, what does that mean about the balance of power in the Senate? There's a lot going on here beyond just, oh, it's this, the session's over and I think I should resign and be lieutenant governor. Uh, that Michelle Bach, excuse me, uh, <laughs> Michelle Fishbach, excuse me, gave today. We're going to dig into the politics behind this uh, with Minnesota lawyer reporter Kevin Featherly here, here a little bit later on. I was listening to Donald Trump today because, you know, we monitor over at the uptake.org. We live stream all of the uh, things that come out of the White House. And today, uh, Donald Trump was speaking at the U.S. Naval Academy. He gave this big, long speech. And as you might expect, some of the things he said in it was were, were not exactly true. No, in fact, they weren't true at all. Um, and then there's the whole thing about the narrative he's trying to spin about things. I want to talk about both of those. And again, your thoughts on this, I'd love to hear it today. 952-946-6205. Uh, Donald Trump uh, was talking about uh, talking to the grads, and he's talking about... Uh, equipment and pay raises for the military. Here's the quote. He says, you're going to have new equipment and well-deserved pay raises. We just got you a big pay raise the first time in 10 years. We got you a big pay increase the first time in over 10 years. I fought for you. That was the hardest one to get, but you never had a chance of losing. Well, as you might expect, Mr. Trump doesn't always have his facts right. Uh, U.S. military members have gotten a pay raise every year for the past 10 years, and several have been larger than this year's 2.6% increase. Uh, pay increases in 2008, 2009, 2010, um, let's see, some of those under the Obama administration, for example, were all 3.4% or more. 
So here he is again making a bald place lie to you know the the men and women of this country who are out there putting their lives on the line, telling them a big lie about their pay. What do you think about that? Uh, again, nine five two nine four six six two zero five. And then here's another one. Uh, and again, this is the AP. AP does fact checks on Donald Trump every day, but. I, this 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 speech today, I was kind of taken aback, and I I wanted to listen to this. And he, he says, "We now have the lowest number of ships we've had since World War One, and soon you're going to get 355 beautiful ships. 355. That's almost a couple hundred more ships." Surprise! No, that's not true. The Navy now has 283 ships, and a 355 vessel battle fleet is not going to be achieved, quote, very soon, unless you consider very soon 2050. The, that's about when the Navy plans to reach that number. And saying it could happen in the 2030s if it gets more money and extends the normal life of ships in the fleet. So if we have, uh, you know, if we're able to take, you know, some of the ships that are, are uh, you know, getting old and have to be, you know, mothballed and we're able to retool them and do, you know, some new ships... Then we can get all of this. So again, Donald Trump taking numbers, facts, and figures, and just pulling them out of an orifice someplace and telling the world, hey, this is true. This is true. And while that's not exactly obvious to people, I think the other thing he was saying during the speech that this is true and probably irks me more than anything because it's not is he goes, the U.S. was not respected, and now it is. I mean, the again, the narrative being, under President Obama, we were horrible as a country, and you know we had no respect from the rest of the world, and now that I am president, we have all this respect because we are spending gobs of money on our military, and it's so much better. Uh, point back to the figures I just talked about, about ships. No, that's not the case. Yes, you may be you know, getting rid of the sequester, but the U.S. military is the strongest military in the entire world five times over when you add up like everybody else. You know, again, I that's the approximate number. Uh, somebody can correct me on it, but it's multiple times more than the rest of the world in terms of our military might. Yet Donald Trump has insisted that we need to put more money into this, yet he doesn't want us to be the policemen of the world, but, you know, we are going to pull out of Syria, you know, blah, 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 blah. But here's the narrative that we have big, beautiful weapons that will detour war because, I mean, that's, that's essentially what he said today. We have these wonderful weapons and we have the people who know how to use it and that might will help us prevent war. Well, there is a nugget of truth in that. That is, you know, again, strength, there's strength through priests. But remember, uh, and Donald Trump has talked about wanting more nuclear weapons. Remember why we had nuclear talks between the U.S. and the Soviet Union and that we reduced uh, nuclear weapons, the whole idea was that we have enough nuclear weapons to kill the other side, you know, dozens of times over, and so did they. And so let's bring this down to something that's a little bit more rational. Brinksmanship, that is what this has all been about. And Donald Trump operates on the brink, and that should be a concern to a lot of people. If you've got a guy who talks about, well, we need more military might, and by the way, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm, I'm meeting with North Korea. I'm not meeting with North Korea. I am meeting with North Korea. You know, you are a little rocket man. You're my wonderful, wonderful person. I love you forever. This, I mean, this is the whipsaw that he, we have slowly become used to every day. And I want to remind you, this is not normal. This is not the way it's supposed to work. This is not the way the United States acts. Yet here we are. 952-946-6205. You got something to add to that? You disagree with me? I want to hear that too. Hey, Mike, I got, a, I got a thought on that on North Korea. Yeah. You were just talking about too and how his poll numbers are rising. I'm just yeah. interested to see if that will still be the case because I, I forgot where it was from. I think 538 showed his highest approval marks going subject by subject were North Korea. So you have to wonder, are those numbers really? going to drop back down? Yeah, now that, well, he's no longer going to be getting the Nobel Peace Prize for his North Korea work. Well, again, the way Donald Trump operates is, you know, 
I, you know, I did that. I made that happen. And it, the remember, I will, I, if, if anything happens, that's good. I'm responsible for it. And if anything bad happens, well, it's somebody else who messed up. It's North Korea that they're saying all these horrible things that they're saying bad things about, you know, about my administration, which may or may not be true. I've paid very close attention to that, but the, you know, it is, you know, it's the, uh, you know, it bounces off me. I'm rubber and sticks to you because you're glue, you know, type stuff that, you know, he does not accept responsibility for anything. Now, if he comes back and says, I take some responsibility for this falling apart because we didn't go through the proper channels to do this. We just yelled at each other and we, we organized this way too fast. We didn't, we didn't uh, you know, dot our I's and cross our T's. But the chances of that are about as good as uh, you and me getting elected to the U.S. Senate this fall. I mean, that is not going to happen. Uh, first off, because you and I are not running and don't want to run. Uh, let's point that out right away. But that's that's the way Donald Trump operates. And anything that he says is suspect. Any, And that's, that's kind of where we've gotten today is that, you know, we just say, eh, Donald Trump said it. we don't care about it. But remember, that is the United States. That is the word of the United States. And so let's go back to what he was talking about. He was saying that we are more respected around the world than we ever have been. I call BS on that because I think everybody who looks at the United States from the outside says, we don't know what we can trust. We don't know what is true anymore. I mean, we had Jack Rice on this program a while back, and he says he's been out around the world talking to people, and they're very concerned about the United States. He says this is something that's been going on for a long time, obviously, but with Donald Trump, we have finally just kind of blown it right out there and admitted it, saying we are this kind of nation that uh, you just can't trust. We're going we're gonna, to uh, you know, enable dictators like we have during the Reagan administration. We're going to, you know, the, the Shah of Iran, all these, t- all these horrible things that we've been doing over the years. And, you know, and we're going to be blatant about it now. We don't care to hide it. We don't care to hide it. That's kind of where we are. And uh, I, I think that should be a concern. And I know that's where we've been. That's what we've been building up to. But it's like the frog in the, uh, in the boiling pot of water. We've all kind of gotten used to it. If we, if this, think about some of the things that Donald Trump has said here recently. If any president, if it was President Reagan, President Bush, uh, Jimmy Carter, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama, uh, Gerald Ford, uh, George W. Bush, uh, if any of those presidents had said some of the things that he's been saying diplomatically or about, you know, his businesses or about the way that, you know, we need the way that we need to conduct ourselves, there would have been black backlash, horrible backlash. But we have slowly adapted to this. And I want you, you know, if you do anything today, I just want you to remember that's not normal. That is not normal. And so when we talk about, well, a blue wave may not be coming because, well, people maybe have gotten a little bit acclimated to the Trump era and they don't care anymore. I think that's something you should be worried about. I wonder if you have an action plan because the only people who are going to save this country are the people of this country. And if we don't take action... We are going to get exactly what we deserve. Okay. <laughs> I'm. Let's take a break here right now. And by the way, 952-946-620, if you want, uh, if you want to join us in here and, and talk about anything, 952-946-6205. And I want to throw out one other thing to talk about here. And that is uh, lately we've, uh, we've had the NFL where Donald Trump has been saying, okay, I want you guys to stand up. I don't want you to disrespect the flag. Well, they haven't been disrespecting the flag. They have been protesting the way black people have been treated in America. The NFL folded on this. And as Matt has pointed out, that this has a lot to do with antitrust, advertiser money, and all that kind of stuff. Do you think this is the way that it should go? Do you, do you agree with uh, the way that the... Uh, the uh, the owners have decided that this should happen. And, and by the way, uh, the owners said they did not even have a vote on this either. It was just decided. It was just decided. Okay, I missed that as well. So <laughs> I don't know who decided that. Yeah, I think it was just the league office and the owners just went along with it. And Because I know the New York Jets owner has actually said, 
he will pay the fine of any player that kneels. So he's at least on the good side on this. Really? Okay. So you know, what's your thought on that? Do you want uh, do you want do you want the local team here to be called out on that? Do you, are you planning on watching the NFL because of this? Does it does that does that change your opinion at all about the league? And does that concern you? Uh, well, 952-946-6205 on that and any other topic today. We're just kind of opening up the phones to chat here this afternoon. We'll take a break, and we'll be back here in a few minutes. You're listening to The Mike McEntee Show on AM 950. It's a great day for a bike ride. What's that? You can't find your bike? Oh, it has a flat. No problem. Take it to Nakomis Cycle, the hardest working bike shop in town. They're celebrating their 23rd year in business. In that time, they've mastered the art of friendly, dependable service. So keep life and your bike moving with Nakomis Cycle, working harder to make you go faster. Nakomis Cycle at the corner of 46th and Bloomington Avenue South in Minneapolis or at NakomisCycle.com. Hello, fellow AM950 listeners. This is Jasia from Nightingale at 26th and Lindale. My wife and chef Carrie and I invite you to enjoy our local seasonal fare along with thoughtfully chosen wine and beer lists, a refreshing cocktail selection, and continued dedication to outstanding service. Nightingale's freshly remodeled patio is perfect for dinner, happy hour, brunch, and late night fun. We offer our full menu every day from 4 to 1 a.m. Two award-winning daily happy hours and weekend brunch at 10. More at nightingalempls.com. No matter what your taste, you'll find the music you're looking for at the Electric Fetus. Pick from rock, pop, international, roots music, and so much more on CD and vinyl. Or create your own compilation of favorites with the exclusive Mix and Burn CD station. Only available at the Electric Fetus. Dust off your vinyl or just make some space by turning your unwanted music into cash. The used selection changes daily, so check out the new arrivals often. 2000 4th Avenue South in Minneapolis and online at efetus.com. Hi, this is Matt from the Green Home Doctors. Did you know approximately 80% of our homes in our area are not sealed and insulated properly? A typical home has air leakage equivalent to that of a large open window. Green Home Doctors has treated thousands of homes with their special diagnostic equipment and can prescribe the appropriate remedy for your house. Stop air conditioning your whole neighborhood this summer. Call today and take advantage of rebates from Excel Energy and Centerpoint Energy. Visit greenhomedr.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style and owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I've got a question for you guys. Are you familiar with the concept of OPM or other people's money? It's essentially using someone else's cash to buy what you want. Well, this week, Habitation is offering you a chance to use someone else's money to buy the furniture you want today. From May 23rd through May 29th, Habitation is offering 0% interest on all new in-stock and all special order items for a full four years. Seriously, that's four years of free financing. Zero, zip, nada, nothing. That means you can buy $5,000 worth of furniture for about 100 bucks a month with absolutely no interest. So come out to Habitation at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park to check out the coolest furniture showroom in town. Our prices are always great, but this financing deal is for a limited time only. Habitation Furnishing and Design, you've earned the right to be you. Some restrictions apply. I'm Steve Conklin. And Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the all-new Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? We'll be discussing mortgage rates, why they're at a seven-year high, what that means for the market, cash-out refinances, why they're so popular, and the appraisal process. Check us out for more information or email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. Hey, it's Mike McIntyre here on AM 950. 952-946-6205 is the number. We're taking your phone calls. We're kind of chatting about whatever you want to today. Uh, We've been talking about uh, Donald Trump, as we usually do. But Donald Trump gave a a speech today to the U.S. Naval Academy. It was, um, you know, the usual graduation speech, sort of. 
Uh, it was about a lot of things, including, you know, how great America has become under Donald Trump and about how things have changed. And as I've just been noting here, there's a lot of uh, statistics he threw out. There are absolute lies. They were absolute lies. And beyond that, the narrative that he's trying to spin that everything's been so horrible and now it's great is also something that really people should take issue with. Uh, 952-946-6205 is the number. Alan from Plymouth is on the line and wants to chat about this. Hi, Alan. What's your thoughts? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm just, you were you were saying that we're actually being a frog in the kettle and and that I'm just wondering how, how are we getting duped or how are we getting slowly boiled? How are we getting slowly boiled? Well, you know, it's it's a constant drip of uh, false information that Donald Trump completely puts out there. And every day there is so much of it. We I mean, if, if any of these any one of the scandals that has broken over the Trump administration had broke during any other administration, it would dominate the news. But there has been so much of it. Everything starts to get buried and we start con- concerning ourselves with the latest thing Donald Trump has said as opposed to some of the things that his administration has been doing. I mean, st- what uh, some of the things have been happening in the EPA, some of the things that uh, Steve Mnuchin has been doing, some of the things that has been that's been happening to our policy. That is, you know, so that's saying- that's a concern, but that gets ignored because we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, the latest uh, the latest, you know, thing that Donald Trump has done th- that he has said that is turns out to be absolutely false. Uh, it is is that constant barrage of information like that or lies. And it's documented. I mean, he lies more than any other president we've ever had. I think almost any other pr- public official per day that the media has been documenting this. But that's that's what I mean by that. So can you give me an example of what he lied on today? Sure, I just read that to you. You want me to go back to those numbers? Were you listening, or uh, I can I can repeat them for you? I, Let's talk. Here's here's the number. He said that for the first time in ten years, the military is getting a pay increase, a big pay increase. That's not right. The U.S. military has gotten a pay increase every year for the past ten years, and it's been larger in some years. Pay increases in 2008, 2009, 2010 were all 3.4 percent or more. It's going to be 2.6 this year. I mean, that's the salesmanship out there, and it's a complete lie that he says that it is the biggest increase, it's a big increase, and it's the first one in 10 years. There's an example. Do you need anything more concrete than that? Uh, Well, I think there's some opinion in there because it sounds like he said the biggest versus whether there was an increase. Is that not true? I'll repeat that because I don't get the, the point that you're trying to make. Okay, so I think these things that you call lies sometimes are matters of opinion or how, how the media spins it. That's what Alternative I mean. facts. Well, what I'm talking about, uh, here you can have your opinion, but we're talking about facts. I'm, uh, here's the facts. This year the military right, so is getting a 2.6% so two, two increase. Versus whether there was an increase or not, that would be a differentiating point. Would you not agree? No, I don't. You just Why got not? a big pay increase. Here's the here's the quote. You just got a big pay increase. I agree with that. First time in 10 years. There is no way that he can say this is the first time that anybody's gotten a pay increase in 10 years, even if it's a big pay increase in 10 years, because there have been bigger pay increases in the last 10 years to people. So no matter how you interpret that or try to spin it, it's a lie. Okay, because when I heard it, I thought he said you got the biggest pay increase you've had in 10 years. No, you've got you got a big pay increase. Period. First time in over ten years. Okay, well I understand. Yeah. Okay. I, I heard him say the biggest. Well, you see, that's so. what that's the that's the thing. People hear something, but you go back, you look at the transcript, you listen to the words, and this is what he's saying. He is trying to he's trying to paint a picture that is false. And again, people may say, "Oh, he's just edging. He's just you know fudging on these numbers." thing is he does it not just on small things like this but bigger things as well and that's why we need to be concerned well, you thank with you me for your time. okay thank you 952-946-6205 is the number if you want to chat about this or any other topic that we've been kind of talking about today um you know again uh the the 
I think more than the numbers that Donald Trump was throwing out, and people make mistakes in numbers. I can get that. Maybe they were alternative <laughs> facts, Mike. <laughs> they could they could be, but I don't I don't think you know when you you got a speech written in front of you, you're not that's you're not uh, making mistakes on numbers. But let's okay, give him the benefit of the doubt. He made a mistake on the number. The bigger thing is the narrative, the narrative that he is trying to paint that we are doing much better. We are we are much more respected around the world today than we have been in the past, and that is a false narrative. It is absolutely a false narrative. You 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 talk to any head of state who has come to visit the White House. I mean, did you see how Macron was basically dissing Donald Trump when he spoke to the U.S. Congress? And you want to believe that what he was warning about, essentially a veiled warning about fascism coming in the United States, was not, was saying, hey, everything's better with the United States and that we're more respected? Come on, get real. That's the bigger thing we should be worried about is because those are the kinds of that's the kind of narrative that Donald Trump has been painting every day because that's how he has made his way through life is trying to pretend that he has much more money than he has, trying to pretend that he achieves much more than he does and trying to paint a rosier picture of himself than really is reality. And our job and the media here is to give you reality. And when we do that, we get pushback now from people saying, well, I think things are doing better because, well, I just feel better. And usually I feel better is tra- is words for, well, my culture is not under assault anymore because I don't have somebody in the White House that doesn't look like me. That is really the basis of a lot of what we've heard. I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a uh, break here. We've got our art beat today, and then we'll be back here with Kevin Featherly to talk about some of the breaking news at the state capitol today. You're listening to the Mike McEntee Show. Here's our art beat for the week. This is Art Beat for the Week. I'm Lori Fitz from Connections Radio Show. And if you're sticking around town this weekend, Art Beat has some fun suggestions for your Memorial Day weekend. On Saturday, May 26th through Monday the 28th, the Mall of America is hosting Minnesota Remembers Memorial Weekend. It's taking place in the atrium from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. There'll be live music, cookie giveaways, face painting, and other fun activities, plus displays and monuments. At the historic Fort Snelling, located in St. Paul, you can explore the historic buildings, chat with costumed storytellers, participate in special reenactments of America's military history, including showcasing the soldiers in combat. You can see a cannon and musket firings, blacksmithing demonstration, and also hear stories of Native Americans and African American history. Kids will have a blast at the history scavenger hunt. Finish the day with a short hike through the adjacent Fort Snelling State Park. The events take place from Saturday 10 to 5, Sunday noon to 5, and Monday 10 to 5. If you're looking to hang out on a patio and enjoy a grill out, stop by Surly Brewing Company's Beer Garden on Sunday, May 27th, where the brewery will be launching their new summer beer, Heat Slayer, while hosting live music and yard games. There'll be an all-you-can-eat brats, pretzels, popsicles, and more, as well as unlimited pours of Heat Slayer in a commemorative glass you get to take home. That lasts from 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. on the 27th. And there is the Soundset Musical Festival. Minnesota's annual hip-hop musical festival, Soundset, will be celebrating its 10th anniversary at the State Fairgrounds on Sunday, May 27th. The lineup consists of more than 40 musicians. There'll be Minnesota's own Atmosphere, as well as Logic, Migos, Jaden Smith, and the Wu-Tang Clan. The gates open at 11 a.m. with performances lasting through the evening until 9.30 p.m. And if you're looking for a little stress relief or something to do on Monday, May 28th, stop by 56 Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis for some Corgi dog love. There'll be food truck treats, a perfect pint, and some vendors fair shopping. This Corgi fundraiser features a special deal of only $5 for 15 minutes that you can have a pile of Corgis on you. What could be more cuddly fun? That takes place Monday from 12 to 3 p.m. at the 56 Brewing, located at 3055 Columbia Avenue in Northeast Minneapolis. That's art beat and fun for this Memorial Day weekend. I'm Lori Fitz from Connections Radio Show, airing live Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. here on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.
Sexual abuse has hurt our native people. It's still hurting them. My cousin was raped when she was 13, and two months later she found out she was pregnant. Now she is hurt because her baby has no dad. We have to stop sexual abuse against native women and girls. We shouldn't have to experience sexual violence. Work with us to stop this abuse. That's not too much to ask for, is it? Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, Dad, like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout, tip me over and pull me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Mike McEntee Show here on a Friday. We are uh, looking at uh, breaking news that's been coming out of the Capitol. Maybe you don't consider it that exciting, but uh, months after she was elevated to the office, uh, Michelle Fischbach suddenly took the oath as Minnesota's 49th lieutenant governor today. She has been serving also at the same time as the Senate president. And this was all while a lawsuit was challenging that arrangement uh, was going on. That lawsuit apparently has been dismissed. The Senate has been, it's important because the Senate's a one-seat Republican majority that has relied on Fishbach remaining in the Senate. And today uh, she just suddenly said, you know, okay, uh, I'll, uh, I'm, I'm, a se- I'm dropping the acting title for my job. I am now lieutenant governor. I'm taking this and I'm resigning the Senate. Uh, here to talk to me about what this all means, uh, real and maybe s- some speculation, is Kevin Featherly from Minnesota Lawyer. Hey, Kevin, how are you doing today? Hi, Mike. You finally got some sleep here after the session. It was we had some very very late nights there for a couple of days, and uh, yeah, my, my think, caffeine intake is is moderated back to its usual you know extreme levels. <laughs> okay, Instead as opposed of abundantly to, extreme. Abundantly extreme. You've been drinking the caffeine by the case. Okay. <laughs> so uh, w- let's let's talk about this first year because uh, this kind of caught all the media by surprise today. Quick, yeah. hey, come come on over. We're going to watch the lieutenant governor be sworn in. Uh, you were there at the news conference. What happened? She swore on a Bible that she would uh, take the oath. She took the oath as lieutenant governor, and uh, henceforth she is now a member of the executive branch. She resigned as a senator. She pledges that she will not run in the in the special election uh, for her former seat. That's going to be an open election, uh, at, and it's been scheduled now for November 6th. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so she's part of the Dayton administration now, which she was before, but as you pointed out, and, and I think she used a phrase that we hadn't heard before, that she was the acting lieutenant governor. She hadn't really put it that way previously. And, and also, when ha- I asked her before whether, you know, what does it mean that you haven't taken the oath yet? Is that What, what is the significance of that? And her answer at that point, this was back before the first uh, Dusaski suit, the, one, the lawsuit you were referring to earlier, before the first one was dismissed. I asked her, what is the significance of the fact that you haven't taken the oath at this point? And she said she didn't really think she needed an oath. She's already taken an oath several times, both as a senator and then as Senate president. It would be the same oath. What, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So the, the lawsuit we were just talking about, she said during the news conference that it was going to be dropped. I'm assuming that, you know, again, it was a constituent, but it was essentially the DFL that was behind the suit saying uh, you, you can't be the in the Senate and be lieutenant governor at the same time. Did the suit get dropped? Have we seen anything on that or is that just we're going to take our word on it? Well, uh, semantically, the answer to that question is no, the, the court hasn't hasn't, you know, Process the request. What what has happened officially is that uh, Dusaski's attorney has filed notice of intent to drop the suit. Um, okay. you know, I think at this point it's just a question of dotting the i's and crossing the t's and making it official. Mm-hmm. And, and the court hasn't yet made that official, but it's you know for all practical purposes it's over. Yeah, because that was scheduled to be heard uh, June fifth, so that was coming up. Correct. That. 
you didn't detect that that had anything to do with this because uh, we've tra- we've chatted about this before, and the case on this was maybe a little weak, or at least we didn't think the court was going to, uh, at least the lower court was going to buy into this. That didn't figure you think into her decision at all today. She said it did in a in a way. Um, during at the end, she answered a question about that. Um, you know, what does this mean that you know? She said that I was one of the big reasons for the decision, whether or not they wanted this lawsuit to drag on and on, and, you know, this will end the lawsuit. So in that sense, she indicated that uh, her decision to do this now does have something to do with this because, you know, now the lawsuit's gone away and this, this controversy's gone away and, you know, the whole issue of the legislature, if they were to take part in the suit, which is a possibility, they may have signed on to the suit at some point to complain that one of the bills that was passed was passed on the strength of her vote, which makes it a you know contentious vote, blah, 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 all that stuff. That all goes away. We're not going to have months of that. I'm not sure it would have taken months because there was a motion for both summary judgment and a motion to dismiss the case, and the judge might have might have leaped on either one of those and ended it very quickly. But she is... She's trading away a job that, while not permanent, because no political job is permanent, but she had two more years on her term in the Senate and very likely— And 22 years behind her. And 22 years behind her, and she could likely get reelected over and over again. She's trading that for a temp job that, you know, doesn't really mean that much unless something happens to Governor Dayton, and she's going to be out of there by January. Is, is there something in the political calculus that we're missing, or is she just being a nice person, or what's going on here? That is a fascinating question. I don't think we have, you know, we don't have real strong answers to that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you have to wonder, I mean, why? Why would she do that now at this point? Um, because if she had taken the case on and won, presumably that meant that the, the court would have ruled that she could remain a, a sitting senator and she could have continued on. I mean, you know, there's, as you pointed out to me, I didn't know until you mentioned it, but apparently Tim Pawlenty was asked the question whether or not, um, as a running mate, he might choose Lieutenant Governor Fishbach to be on his right. team. And apparently he refused to answer that question. But that's certainly something that comes to my mind. You know, has, is that part of what's happened here? Has, you know, is there sort of a, an agreement that perhaps she'll be his running mate? Don um, asked. I forgot Don. Don Davis asked that question yeah. at the press conference, and she didn't I've got her answer, answer here. correctly. She sort of said something. Well, you've got sound on that. Yeah, here, here let, me, let me just play the sound on that for us. Yeah. You know, there's lots of there's lots of things that go on out there, and right now I'm here to talk about um, my 22 years of service and becoming lieutenant governor. If there's questions about that, there may be other folks that you want to ask. Uh, other folks, like uh, maybe Tim Pawlenty. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right, you know, and but, you know, there, there would seem to be, you know, we're totally speculating. We have no idea that's going to happen. Right. He may choose somebody entirely different. But it, it, there, if there is that consideration, you could certainly see where there would be appeal for her, simply because Tim Plenty does have a history as governor of creating a position of authority for his lieutenant governor. Carol Molnar was the Department of Transportation commissioner, mm-hmm. had a real job in addition to being the lieutenant governor who checks the pulse of the governor every morning to make sure he's not on his way out, out of, you know, shuffling off this mortal coil. <laughs> <laughs> and so perhaps if, if that's part of what's going on here, it would make some sense. But again, totally speculative. Well, Caramolno, Car- though, uh, lieutenant go- uh, the lieutenant governor for Tim Pawlenty is now supporting Jeff Johnson for governor. Indeed. And so that take, takes her out of the picture for this. And so, uh, I mean, you, uh, Fishbach is a Palenti supporter. I mean, you were checking some records here, and you found out that uh, she's going to be showing up uh, to support him, correct? Yeah, there is a May 31st um, fundraiser, and there's actually quite a few elected officials, people who are currently in the legislature who are going to be at this dinner. And uh, on the guest list is, Michelle Fishbach. So to that extent, she sort of tipped her hand. She's shown who, where she's placing her support. Mm-hmm. So, you know, make of that what you will. Yeah, but there's there's a, there's a lot of Republicans on that list, so I guess every single one of them could be a potential uh, <laughs> lieutenant governor running mate or something like that. Well, so maybe yeah, we shouldn't read yeah, a lot into that. You, you, could, you could make that, that case. Yeah, you could. Okay. So... Uh, 
it, I mean, it, when when you just add this all up, there's a lot of political intrigue here. We are going to probably know a lot more here in the next couple of weeks because uh, a week from today, the DFL convention starts down in Rochester and a week from tomorrow, the Republicans, or maybe they both start on Friday, I think. Yeah, uh, they both start on Friday. Uh, the Republicans are meeting in Duluth and the, the likely outcome of the Republican convention is Jeff Johnson's going to be the nominee of, or at least the endorsed candidate and he's going to be running against Tim Pawlenty in the primary. And at that point, that would be appropriate for Tim Pawlenty to be naming somebody. And today, basically, he said, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to talk about that. So obviously he didn't even, and the question was, had he even talked to uh, Michelle Fishbach? I mean, that that's the, the key, you know, a dodge like that, just not even saying, oh, yeah, we've talked, but about other things or something. Obviously, they had talked about something, I think, related to this. And I wouldn't be surprised at all that they're talking about it at bare minimum and uh, possibly uh, taking it all away and, and saying, yeah, we, she's going to be the running mate. But uh, Well, right. I, and I, and the, the, another thing to think about in that, in that sort of scenario is that Michelle Fischbach is a well-established you know, uh, Republican with unquestioned credentials as a conservative. Somebody and and the thing that uh, Plenty's facing is you know as you point out he's likely well he's not even really competing for the convention nomination so right he he's foregoing you know his party's nomination he's going to compete in the primary having somebody like Michelle Fishbach who's you know tried and true been around a long time absolutely stalwart you know no questions about her credentials as a you know mainstream Republican somebody from the base. I think could burnish his his uh, ticket. And you know, there's I I don't you know the only other person that jumps to mind that uh, might you know might fit that same thing is another Michelle, and that's Michelle Bachman. But I don't think she has any interest in this, and she has so many other negatives connected to her that uh, Palenti would do that. In fact, she might overshadow him just like she overshadowed him in Iowa when they were running for president. So that's probably why maybe she's not on that short list. I can't really say uh, what their personal relationship is after the presidential race, but you know there there, there could be some interpersonal issues there too. There could be. There could be. We're, by the way, folks, we're speaking with Kevin Featherly from uh, Minnesota Lawyer, which is at minnesotamnlawyer.com, or is it minnlawyer.com? Excuse me. Uh, Correct. And uh, that's where you can find what he writes about. Uh, one of the things the the shoe yet to fall here at the legislature. Uh, among the vetoes or po- signing bills, there's a lot of stuff out there, is the bonding bill, which sounds very boring to people, but there's a lot of important stuff in it. Have we gotten kind of any read from the governor on what is going to happen to this? Uh, I mean, he was unhappy with some of the stuff, but he's always asked for bonding. It's taking money from some funds that he wouldn't want to spend. Have we, we gotten any kind of indication what's going to happen? The closest that I've got, I seem to recall, you know, it was late at night, and it was after a very long weekend, and so... I, I hope my memory is correct on this, but I seem to recall um, Minority Leader Horman saying that the governor would sign the bonding bill as well as the pension bill, that that was almost a foregone conclusion. The Republicans, though, say that they've got no indication yet at this point that he is going to sign the bonding bill, and so it's sort of unknown. The only thing we do know now is that uh, the governor, after having said he was going to decide on the rest of the bills by Friday, meaning today, uh, announced earlier today that well, his staff announced earlier today that he's not going to take any action. He's going to continue thinking about them at, uh, until next week. Okay. I don't know what that means. Well, it means uh, tune in after Memorial Day, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. Everybody's taking a break. <laughs> Everybody started checking out. I was actually driving around today for some errands, and the traffic around town today is crazy, especially if you're heading north out of uh, out of Minneapolis up uh, on 35. It has absolutely been jammed today as people are trying to get a start to the uh, Memorial Day weekend. This and is why I'm a homebody when it comes to <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm not going anywhere, so... Uh, <laughs> We'll we'll just uh, you know cook cook a few burgers on the on the grill here and uh, lift a few a uh, few bottles and that will be it. Right. I might have a I might do a bonfire with my my great friend Kirk Anderson, the brilliant political cartoonist. Ooh. Okay. Well, you guys have fun. Uh, yeah. So uh, 
Well, get some rest, and uh, we'll 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 reconvene uh, next week here to see what happens not only at the legislature but also at the political conventions because there, are, as as I mentioned, I didn't mention there's a three-way race for governor on the DFL side, and it has there's been all sorts of endorsements and talk this week and. My bet, I don't know if you want to tell me, tell me what you think, but my bet is coming out of that convention, there's not going to be an endorsement because nobody's going to give and nobody has the needed 60% for endorsement. But that's my read. I'm going to take your your wisdom on that. I, I, I don't, I have no reason to disagree with that, but you're watching okay. that a little closer than I am. Okay. Well, we'll have to see what happens. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate the time. You bet. Thank you. All right, folks, we're going to take a break here, but then when we get back, more of your phone calls, 952-946-6205. you got something you want to talk about, we'll pick up the phone, we'll chat about it. Um, and I've got, I've got some other stories, too, if you don't have anything you want to tell me. So 952-946-6205, you're listening to The Mike McEntee Show here on AM 950. Tom Hartman here telling you that solar energy isn't just for environmentalists. Switching to all-energy solar is actually perfect for reducing your carbon footprint while also saving money on your monthly electric bill. The fact that solar panels cause no earth-harming emissions while it's producing energy is a bonus. Who in the world could object to that? But they can also help you save money month after month for decades. And they do it with a clean footprint. So go green and start saving money today by visiting allenergysolar.com. I'm Steve Conklin. And Jake Duroff. We're the hosts of the all-new Mortgage Talk Show, Sundays at 1230. Steve, what are we going to talk about this week? We'll be discussing mortgage rates, why they're at a seven-year high, what that means for the market, cash-out refinances, why they're so popular, and the appraisal process. Check us out for more information or email us any questions at mortgagetalkshow.com. Tune in to the Mortgage Talk Show every Sunday at 1230 on AM 950. I'm Richard R.J. Escal, and this week on The Zero Hour, author Thomas Frank on the power of populism, Alexis Goldstein on Wall Street's latest wins, and Nathan J. Robinson of Current Affairs magazine on, well, on pretty much everything. All this and more on The Zero Hour, every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Guess who called me the other day? You did. Hi, Mark Sommerfeld of Computer Revolution in Roseville. I want to thank AM950 listeners who called to thank us for supporting the station. So here's an offer exclusive to 950 listeners. Bring your broken computer or cell phone to our Roseville store, say I'm an AM950 listener, and you'll receive $20 off any repair. Computer Revolution with cell phone repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. And thanks. Welcome back to the Mike McIntyre Show here on Friday, 952-946-6205. We've got the phones open to chat, whatever you're thinking about as you head off to your Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we've been talking about Donald Trump today. He gave a big speech at the Naval Academy saying all sorts of wonderful things about the country and a good portion of, not a good portion, but at least some identifiable numbers that he threw out, absolutely, absolutely false about uh, people getting pay raises being the biggest pay raises that they've ever had and that they've never had, they haven't had pay raises in 10 years. And the militaries, they've gotten pay raises almost every year. Uh, in fact, they've gotten bigger pay raises than they're getting under Donald Trump. But in any case, I was using it to make the point that Donald Trump just lies a lot and that you can document this stuff all the time. And we're just kind of getting used to it because nobody brings it up or people just don't make a big deal out of it anymore. 952-946-6205 is the number to call. And Mark from Fridley is on the line. Hey, Mark, how are you today? You getting ready for Memorial Day? You bet, Mike. Um, and I just want to talk about all the stuff that people are talking about because there was a lot of that this week. And quickly, um, none of this could be done without the compliance and the participation of Democrats that are voting against the people's best interest, such as the law to uh, defang whatever Dodd-Frank was. Uh, 33 Democrats joined the majority of the Republicans to neuter that. The Supreme Court actually... Um, 
denied people access to the Bill of Rights and constitutional protections of a jury trial um, by forcing mandatory arbitration hearings in a five to four federal uh, Supreme Court ruling. Um, but then we had Secretary of Defense Mike Mattis tell the Air Force graduates at the Air Force Academy in Colorado uh, to prepare for war. And when are we not preparing for war and mm-hmm. wars? And, you know, for anybody to ascertain that this is just a problem of the current administration, you know, we just have to remember that every, every year of the Obama administration we were at war, we're in a constant, perpetual state of war. We spend more on war than the rest of the top ten countries combined. But an issue that I want to talk about that never gets any attention is that right now the Defense Department cannot account for $21 trillion in spending from the Defense Department. And the human brain really doesn't have a capacity to process what a trillion is. And I want people to picture this, what a trillion is. And again, the amount of money in the stock market is $30 trillion. We are missing and have unaccountable $21 trillion from the War Department right now. So two-thirds of the stock market. Yes. So if you had a stack of $1,000 bills, piece of paper with $1,000, that would be a stack 63 miles high to be a trillion dollars. A stack of $1,000 bills, 63 miles high, would equal a trillion if a person made $40,000 a year, it would take you 25 million years to make a trillion dollars. So when we're talking about where this money is allocated to and why we're constantly in a perpetual state of war, and are there better uses and purposes for the money that is demanding the massive percentage of American spending and American taxpayer spending versus, say, health care and social programs. Um, But we need to look at who it is we are. And, you know, again, going into Memorial Day, it's tough for a lot of veterans because they understand that the cause for their sacrifice have little to do with defending the United States, but of defending international, multinational corporations and, and banking interests. Yep. And not any longer sugarcoat is that the rest of the world, and, and, and again, I heard what you said, the rest of the world doesn't look at us. You know, that term, ugly American, just didn't pop up in the past couple of years. Hey, Mark, I got, I got to stop you right there because we are out of time. And I, I appreciate the point. I agree with you on like that. And I ask, why are we spending more? Why is Trump wanting to spend more? We're back on Monday with a special show.